I was drifting away on life's pitiless sea when the angry waves threatened my ruin to be. When away at my side there I dimly described a stately old vessel and loudly I cried, Ship a Once again, we say welcome aboard, and it's good to be with you at this time, Brother Munn speaking. Our program here called The Mariner's Call with you. Usually around the weekend period of time, I hope we're catching you just right. Some it's in the morning, some at night, whenever. Just thank you for welcoming us into your home or wherever you're listening to our program uh, from. The Mariner's Call. You said, why Mariner's Call? Well, uh, Mariner, that's, I guess, as far as occupation is concerned, my uh, calling uh, physically. I was raised, I'm a fourth generation commercial fisherman, spent the better part of all of my lost life, I guess, at sea or in the sea or my water or my hands in the water, so to speak. And uh, I find a lot of parallels and analogy in the Bible with the sea. In fact, Jesus loved the sea. And I, I like to make uh, like to make those parallels and I like to take and uh, look in the nautical field and compare it to some of the things we find in the Bible because that's sort of my field of expertise, if you were to, uh, to ask. At this particular time, I'll be in the book of Luke, Luke chapter 15. And there's a little word that's used over a number of times that I was reminded of when a number of months ago, from Barcelona, Spain, to Dusseldorf, Germany. You probably know what I'm making reference to now. A German wings flight 9525 loaded with parents and children and high school students, many businessmen, took and crashed into the foothills of the French Alps. And they said over and over again, 150 people lost their lives. 150 people, lives lost. The word lost, what a horrible word that is. When it applies to a situation like that, we think about this crash that's there. The Bible uses this word a lot. We'll see it in the book of Luke, Luke chapter 15. Sometimes the Bible will talk about lost things, lost days, lost animals, lost children, lost hope. My friend, that's, uh, that's one thing. But to, yes, to lose your life, my friend, that's, that's horrible. But worse than that, you said, you said, Brother Mom, what could be worse than losing your life? In the book of Mark, Mark chapter 8 and verse 36, it says, it says, uh, What is a man profited? What shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose, now listen, lose his own soul, not just loss of life or loss, you know, but lose his own soul, loss, lost, you know. No doubt, one of the saddest words in the Bible, as it would apply to someone without God. All of those, in the Bible, there's only two classifications of people, and it's not good or bad. That's the way the world looks at it. It's the lost, and then the saved. Even those who once lost, uh, the, the song of May Grace, how sweet the sound. 
that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. All those without Christ, described in the Bible as being lost. Now you may be moral. You may be a good person. You may be a wonderful breadwinner. Oh, provide for your family a wonderful home. Finances, you know. But uh, without God, you are lost. You know, that's hard for people to swallow. Second Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 3, it says, But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. What a horrible state to be in. Lost without God, without God's Son, without knowing for sure that heaven is your home. For that being true, as far as this word is concerned, now I understand why Jesus came. The book of Luke, Luke chapter 19, verse 10 makes it so simple. It says this, for the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. In the book of Luke, Luke chapter 15, we have three stories here. In fact, some have said, I guess Luke chapter 15 has been chosen by many students of the Bible as being one of the greatest chapters in the gospel because of its pictorial beauty. You can sort of read, you can read these uh, stories and sort of uh, use your imagination and read yourself right down in them. The theme of Luke chapter 15 is finding the lost. You've got a shepherd that has lost a sheep. You have a woman that has lost a coin. You have a father that has lost a son. Uh, we think about, it's been suggested that these stories, these parables emphasize respectively the work of the son seeking the sheep, the work of the Holy Spirit as far as the lost corn, the work of the heavenly father. We think about the prodigal son returning home. Such good material here. Now let's look at a little bit of this as practical as we know how. Luke chapter 15, verse 4, it says, For what, it says, What man of you having a hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, doth not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness and go after that which is lost until he find it? These are the words of our Lord. And he's talking to these people before him who are described in verse 1 as being publicans and sinners. Now, those that were listening also was a group called Pharisees and scribes. These were those of the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And these were proud people, proud of their heritage, and they thought only God would receive them. So Jesus here is saying something like this, you need help. You're like a lost sheep. In fact, isn't that what Jesus was called to? What is it in the book of Matthew? Matthew chapter 10, verse 6, and chapter 15, verse 24. Jesus said, I'm not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. So when he talks about a lost sheep, his finger is pointing. Now we're looking for the doctrinal aspect here. Pointing right at these people. And they're beginning to think within themselves, is he talking about us? But we think about spiritually today. A lost sheep and the shepherd is willing to leave 90 and 9 and go after this one. So what does that show us? The shepherd's feelings about the lost, looking to rescue them. See, the Lord is not willing that any should perish, my friend. So there's no excuse to be lost. There's no excuse whatsoever to remain in the condition where you say, Brother Mon, I have no peace in my heart that I belong to the Lord. Because Christ is described as being the great shepherd of the sheep. 
And my friend, he's with open arms looking for those who are lost. As far as the sheep is concerned, it's kind of like this. It's kind of like the sheep know they're lost, but they don't know what to do, you know. Uh, sheep lost, they have no power to change that state. For many, the only thing you can do is call out for help. I remember doing that. I remember being so ignorant as to salvation and, and asking God, through his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, please, would you do for me what I cannot do? I want to be saved. I was all confused in some areas. Little did I know all the Savior was looking for me. I'm glad to know that now today I know for sure that salvation is mine. Why? Because I didn't save myself. I didn't run back to the fold myself. <clears throat> I didn't partake of some work myself. The Savior picked me up out of sin. He came to me. I was far away. And as the text says in Luke chapter 15, kind of like the little, the little uh, lamb there, put it on his shoulders, brought it home, and there is rejoicing. If Jesus would seek and to save that which was lost, is not that my responsibility? If you're listening today as a believer, do you hear the cry of lost sheep? Who did you seek out? Who do you seek out? Who are you seeking? You know, are there people that you're not are that you're interested in, as far as God dealing with you, about reaching them with the gospel? Verse eight through ten talks about a woman who lost a coin. And it says here in verse 8, it says, Either what woman having ten pieces of silver, if she lose one piece, doth not light a candle and sweep the house and seek diligently till she find it. I have found the piece which I have lost. Verse 9. Now, coin. Now, this is sort of difficult. A coin has no ability to know anything. It's an inanimate object. Could this not represent people who really do not understand? I'll be honest with you. The average person today cannot conceive of such a state. They're lost and spending an eternity in the flames of hell. I've had people tell me, you don't understand. I'm a good man. Well, that's, that's, that's wonderful. I'm glad you're a good man. It's better being a bad man. But my friend, that does not help the manner of salvation. In the book of Ephesians, it describes mankind as being dead in trespasses and sin. What can a dead man do outside hope that there's somebody that can give him life? The natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. He cannot understand them. If they're presented to him, he thinks it's foolishness. Neither can he know them. It's kind of like a coin. We're at the mercy of God. Isn't it good that God is merciful to find a lost sheep? Isn't it good that God would send the Holy Spirit to open the eyes of someone that has no ability to know? Do you understand what I'm talking about? Then in verse 11 through 32, there is not a lost sheep, a lost coin, but here is a lost son. This son knows he's lost. He knows the way home, but he keeps running. He's running from the father's house. Now, this once again reminds me to say, probably there are people listening to me right now who are running from God. What does God do? God in all his mercy sort of puts a some type of brick wall up in front of you for you to run into. For the prodigal son, it was a famine. What got the prodigal son's attention. He 
He took and wasted everything he had. And it got to where there was a famine in the land. He got so hungry, my friend. I mean, he's starving literally to death. Did it get his attention? Yes. What does God do for us today? Sometime for a lost sinner. As he runs away from God, as, as he runs from God, my friend, can you imagine God taking and still being interested in saving that particular person in a running condition? I'm glad that as I ran from God, it was a time God provoked, made such a circumstance that had me to think of myself. And God was good to provide salvation. People today, they run and run. They said, I want to get my kicks out of this life. The problem is sin kicks back. This young man went from verse 12 of Luke 15. Give me the portion that befalleth me. To verse 19, he says, make me one of thy hired servants. Now that's a different attitude, is it not? Give me what's mine. And then after it's all gone, you wasted your life back to the father's house and the father is willing to receive him and he says make me one of thy hired servants yes showing humility isn't isn't god we think about the goodness of god to save the undeserving those who are lost two types of people in the bible saved and lost i'm glad today that i can say i'm saved that didn't make me better than you I'm glad to know that Jesus is in the saving business. He's like the shepherd looking for the sheep. My friend, like a lost coin, the Spirit of God is bringing people unto Jesus. Uh, like someone running from God, like the prodigal son, the father is still with outstretched arms waiting for the son to come home. He just had to come to himself. Are you lost or are you saved? Until next week, the same time, this is Fisher Mund saying goodbye.